When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the latest Blakey's Boot Room podcast here from Wales Online. Nathan Blake and Paula Bandonato here to discuss all the Bluebirds issues. And of course on the agenda, that superb victory against Bristol City on the weekend. Nathan, let's start with you after the sort of FA Cuff debacle against Fulham the week before. Not much Mm -hmm. of a game of football. This Mm -hmm. was a game of football, isn't it? It was, you know, it was a great result. Uh, I'd be lying if I said it was 90 minutes of fantastic football. It was probably 50 minutes of average football mm. and a good 15 minutes from Cardiff, I would say. good, real good 15, 20 minutes of football from Cardiff City mm. toward the end there. And, uh, you know, Derby match. At the end of the day, you look back, result is the W. So that's all people care about. Yeah, but uh, as far as how they played, not great, but where they finished fantastically well and strong and mm. showed a lot of character John yeah talk, talk to us about the fans Paul because it was it was like the, the old days wasn't it those 2000 odd Cardiff fans yeah it was fantastic I mean Blakey and I were up in the press, press box in uh, the main stand and the fans were to our left um, and it was you know just walked in and saw 2000 fans wearing blue there it was a fantastic sight right from the start to me, the fans were the big success of the day. I know Cardiff won the game. I think Blake will agree that the fans more than played their part in mm-hmm. that. But let's be honest, Cardiff were rubbish for 17 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> listen, if we're going to be brutally honest, listen, I reveled in that win as much as anybody else when it happened because you're caught up in the moment of the occasion. But if we're going to analyse it coldly and professionally, two or three days on, they were rubbish for 17 minutes. They were one pace, they were negative. Um, and then Warnock was forced to change his tactics in the last 20 minutes when Bristol went a goal up. I thought the moment Bristol scored, that was it, game over. Mm. I couldn't see Cardiff scoring. To be fair, the game transformed then, and that added to the sense of occasion with the fans who really, you know, they were making a large, loud noise throughout, and then that, they deserved that last 20 minutes when those they three did, goals yeah. went in, and the celebrations at the end when... It's weird at Bristol. The fans, the, the tunnel is situated right where the away fans are. It's not the side of the pitch. So Cardiff's players all had to walk down there at the end of the game and the, the, the ovation they received from the fans. And Neil Warnock in particular was really pumping them mm. up with his fists of celebration. It was a really great last 20 minutes and ending. Mm. But up to then, Cardiff were poor, Blake. Yeah, they were, they were poor. They were very yeah. poor. Mm. I mean, the game, let's, let's, let's be honest... 50 minutes until the lad um, scored the first goal um, it was a very very poor first mm. half poor opening five or six minutes the lad scores a worldy volley uh, and then the game just changed because I like Paul thought first goal wins it that's how poor it was you know? so did it come down to that substitute the Whittingham substitution it's, dy- it's dynamic the, the players who brought on a dynamic mm. and I, I, I've said you know I've said in the column you know Rawls Gunnison and Whittingham there's okay Gunnison has legs to a degree but you wouldn't class him as being pacey but he's strong then 
But Riles and Whittingham, that doesn't work because neither of them got enough legs for me. And Riles, being the younger player, he needs to learn to start running beyond the back four. That will help Kenneth Zahor because what it does, it takes a midfielder and often a defender, you know, never which one who's going to pick him up, but it often takes them the other way. Well, it will take them the other way, which allows your striker, especially when he's playing on his own, that space in front of him. So what you don't have is the ball coming into Zahor and then the midfielder coming in to nick it one side and the defender mm. coming up his backside the other side. So it allows him more time, more freedom, and it, it just it will open up the game for him. Yeah, but what's the midfield dynamic you want to see going forward then, Paul? What, what, what's the, the best setup? Do you know, I still don't know, is the honest answer. I think the answer is uh, you start with Aaron Gunnison, who preposterously wasn't even in the team before Neil Warnock came. You know, it's the bloke who captained the side that got to the quarterfinals of Euro 2016. Oh. Um, okay, we haven't seen that form with him with Cardiff for some time. But he clearly has a dog of war attitude. He's got he's got legs uh-huh. to a degree. He can score goals. He can win headers. He's effective in both boxes. So it's ridiculous that Gunnison wasn't wasn't in the side until Warnock came along. He's the first pick. I think that they need to buy a really bossy, dominant, creative midfielder personally uh-huh. in this transfer window. Um, if they're not going to do that. I'm not sure. I'm not as convinced by Joe Rawls as others are. Whittingham is clearly a beautiful footballer, but he lacks legs. Um, so I I don't know. I think they probably need another body there now, don't they? Some yeah, I think really they need. Dominant. I think they need um, either. Well, I think you can get away with the domineering sort of side, but what they need is someone who is gonna. Create, be creative, but has legs to be able to close down, mm. yeah, and to you know get around two or three different men in midfield. So you almost want an O'Keefe and a Whittingham amalgamated into one, mm. yeah. That would be the perfect player. Yeah. Someone who can pass the ball, but can dog, rat, tackle, you know. And they listen, they're not. Not peppered around the leagues, they're, they're difficult to find. But then you go back to the old age, right? It's all about your systems you have in place and your scouting network and bloody bloody blah, blah, blah. So they're out there, you know. If 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 Leicester can find someone like Kante, you know that just shows. If mm. Leicester, above all the other clubs in the lower reaches of the Premier League, had a great scouting system, end up winning the league. Simply because, really, true. Not because of one man, but you take him out of there, you see it just <laughs> crumbles apart. Yeah, mm. yeah, absolutely, absolutely. One or two Cardiff players then who, who stood out performance-wise. Paul, um, let's start with a match winner, uh, Anthony Pilkington. This was the, the Pilkington of old because essentially Neil Warnock hasn't been convinced by him really up until up until this match. He wasn't convinced in Saturday. He wasn't brilliant, was he, Paul? No, I was about to say, I think he was rubbish as well, for mm. some minutes, quite <laughs> frankly. And I'm not, you know, the, 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 the dynamic of the team was not working. You had Zahora up front. Blake and I spoke about this at half-time at Ashton mm-hmm. Gate. You had Zahora up front with very limited service. And I thought he did as well as could be expected with that limited service. Mm-hmm. But he and Pilkington were too far apart. Pilkington mm-hmm. wasn't linked with him at all. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, the natural thing to me would have been for Warnock to take off 
possibly Pilkington and a another. He surprised me by taking off Joe Bennett, mm-hmm. who ran pages up and down the left, and to a degree Whittingham. But he made the right calls because mm. there's no question sending on Harrison Hoyt for those two transformed the team. And suddenly Pilkington looked a player, the player that we know it is. Mm. I've talked up Pilkington before because I used to think he was a fantastic footballer with Norwich and he mm. was a great signing when he came to Cardiff, I felt, in the mm. Championship. I thought, this is a real plus. Mm. Um, but it's been intermittent, I think it's fair to say. We haven't really well, seen him flourish. The he's way kind of drifted into now being a striker. And I don't think he is a striker. It's as simple as that. I think he's a, a he's a he's a wide player, but he obviously hasn't got the legs that he had at Norwich. Now mm. the age is starting to catch up with him. What I would say to him, my suggestion would be to him, is watching him Saturday. You you don't think like a striker. You're not thinking. He should be thinking. Well, I got this brute of a centre forward who can jump, who can run, and can bully people. All I need to do is stand off him and get in spaces. I'm just going to focus on everything that he does and I'm going to say to him, right, I'm standing this side, so flick it here. I'm standing that side, flick it there. I'm coming around the front of you, so try and hold it up for me and I'm playing. But he's not. It's like, so Hall's playing the central striker role and then Pilkington's just doing his own thing sort of thing. He needs to understand that he should be going because he is he, the one who has no responsibility if we like them. So he should be looking everything to link up playing one twos with Zahor you know trying to get in behind trying to get in in. he needs to think more partnership and it'll make his life so much easier because he he, you don't have to take the knocks and the bruises once in a blue moon trust me it's a life for Riley when you're playing off a big man like that Mm. did did, did anyone impress you Paul what about Blakey's boy Kadeem Harris he scored a goal Oh no, no, hang on, the Cardiff team, the resolve they showed, <laughs> listen, in those last 20 minutes they all played well, um, Gunnison Rals I thought had, a, had an excellent last quarter, mm-hmm. um, Harris and Hoylett were magnificent when they came, Hoylett in particular, I think Hoylett transformed the game when he came on, suddenly Cardiff had a player who was running at the Bristol defence for the first time, um, the way he set up Harris for his equalising goal was, was excellent I thought. Um, I thought Pilkington, I thought Zahora did as well as could be expected. Mm-hmm. Pilkington came to them. The defence had a really tough time against two really good Bristol strikers, but they stood up to the test as well. So, But the fact remains that, the, and I think Warnock would admit this himself, that team was set up not to lose in the yeah. first 70 minutes. The dynamic was not working with um, complete lack of pace in the side, three centre mids, five at the back. No wonder Zahora and Pilkington were, were isolated. They're not the quickest. Mm. No wonder they were isolated. And the team that stretched from back to front. But that changed when the when the ta- when the tactics changed 20 minutes from time. It wasn't oh, coincidence, yeah. that. No. It had to happen, sort of thing, if you're going to get anything from the game. And the move taking Bennett off and putting um, Peltier to left back. Like I said, the poor Peltier is just a good old-fashioned defender. They went back to a four rather than a three which I thought helped because in your mind as a striker and a midfielder, you can think, well, got nothing to lose and we've got a back four. Connolly's not going to get forward on the right side. Pelty is not going to get forward on the left side and Bamba and Morrison are sat there. So we've got a solid four that's going to sit there. The rest of us can go and try and win the game, which is exactly what happened. Mm. Why did he set up the way he did there in the first place against a team who, who barely I honestly won think, a game for... I, hon- I honestly think if Cardiff can get the right midfielder, their best, with the players at hand, their best system is to play three centre-backs. 
Because if you pick from Connolly, Morrison, Bamba, Manga, straight away, you've got four <coughs> high-quality defenders. If you chuck Paldier in there, yeah, who could play over a right-side centre-half or a left-side centre-half, there's five. That's, that, you know, that is my defence sorted, I think. Because I can, I can switch to a four if I need to, yeah? But really and truly, I want to play a three because I want to overload midfield. And I want to play wing backs, and I want to play, you know, them closer to my striker. So it, it changes from being it was defensive five because mm. at times Paldier would drop deeper than Connolly because he's just a right back. He's just a defender first and foremost. He doesn't like or doesn't get as forward as much. He's not as confident going forward as he is defending, which is great because you want people who love stopping goals, which he does. So, for me, that was that's the main reason. Mm. Okay, a- away from the game, Paul, kind of subplot to the weekend. Vincent Tan was in town, or in London, I believe. Uh, Neil Warnock met him face to face for the first yeah, time. Yeah, what happened there? What happened there? <laughs> <laughs> They're all keeping it under wraps, aren't they? <laughs> well, uh, the meeting was brought forward from Sunday to Saturday night. For some reason, I presume Vincent Tan had to fly back. I don't know. Um, I'm told it was very positive um, by people who were there or no individuals who were there um, that it was very positive I think there's an acceptance from the club as a whole that three a minimum of three to five players are needed for that team and if we're talking about players here we're talking about players who are good enough to get straight into the starting 11 so yeah. I don't really know what that says about Warnock, uh, Neil Warnock's sort of assertion of the side that he inherited um, Cardiff clearly are not going to spend the money that they've spent in recent years so there's going to be an awful lot of haggling that's needed there where are these positions that are needed strengthening well clearly he's he's on record saying he's going to have a goalkeeper um, I think they need a bossy midfielder and they need a goal scorer as well yeah. they need a goal scorer mm-hmm. well, say that won't, definitely won't be this month isn't it? yeah because they will cost and he's already got Zahora and the forgotten man called Ricky Lambert on their books as well ex-England international remember um, they need creativity going forward they need the bossy midfielder they don't need anything in defence do they no. they're fine in defence they're no. fine at centre back they're plethora of riches at centre back mm-hmm. by, by championship standards they're fine at full back um, so you never know with Warnock and Vincent Tan do you they're both very 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 strong willed characters mm. but I'm assured that it was a really amicable meeting that I'm told that Neil Warnock handles these sorts of things brilliantly so that's his 68 year old experience coming in, coming mm. into the fore when he's dealing with the, the main man as he, as he put it mm-hmm. so things are looking rosier from that point of view mm. Mm. I'm told. <laughs> John. No, no, no. <laughs> Judge John, isn't it? <laughs> well, no, you could, well, if anyone's going to convince... So that's what Neil Warnock said, wasn't it? That he was going to try and convince Vincent Tan to, to go again. To I have think the problem push. is, I think that is it, going again. I think the problem is, is when you've put so much money into the squad, and like we're going, I'm going over old ground a bit here, but when you put so much money in, as, they, as he has, over five years and have one short term in the Premier League I think also if you look at what happened with Makai Moody I think he's reluctant Mm. to put more money in but what I would say to Vincent Tan is 
and I will always say it, you are part responsible for that. It's not just, it didn't just happen. Yes, there's a massive trust issue with certain people, which they let you down, but now it's, you don't just go throwing money again now, you scrutinize it and you, you understand it and you make sure what's presented before you makes sense. Mm. Or you have someone alongside you who can read what's being put before you, who advises you and says, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah? Yeah. So I think it boils down to a trust issue. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that he's not going to trust anybody lightly anymore. Yeah. You know what I mean? But if you don't, you're going to find yourself eventually, you will go backwards. And we've mm. seen the wheels go backwards. You know, it's yeah, taken yeah, a long yeah. time to get the wheels going back forwards. But you if know, you're not going to go again, what's, what's the point what's in doing the it? What's the point at all in having it? A, a absolutely. Championship absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm. Okay, interesting. What about you mentioned the goalkeeper there? Paul Neil Warnock gave us a little tease, didn't he? That it'll be a Premier League goalkeeper on his way next 24 hours. Who do we think it's going to be? We're obviously looking second, probably third choice goalkeepers at Premier League clubs. Any any names you can throw in the mix? Yeah, well, it's not going to be Hugo Floris or uh, <laughs> is it? Um, I I think it's going to take longer than 24 hours from the conversation I've had today, um, but we will see is the answer. Clearly, Cardiff City fans were in social meltdown with suggestions from David Marshall's wife <laughs> at the weekend. Any, you know, anyone need a good goalie or whatever? Well, Cardiff certainly do. Mm. Marsh returning would be a fantastic coup for the club. Mm-hmm. Lo- the fans would love it, but I don't think it's going to happen realistically. I think, even though he's lost his place at Hull now, um, I think it's going to be. I mean, we, we've been, you know, it's not. It's not actually difficult because there's only a finite number of goalkeepers in the Premier League. Um, you can rule out all the first choices; they're not going to come here. You can rule out most of the second choices. Yeah. So it's actually not that difficult to break it down and come up with um, with an individual. Now, Warnock teased us with, "You'll be surprised who it is." So that has to mean either a figure like David Marshall, a big name. Or somebody Welsh, I would suggest. Uh-huh. Um, we've put our heads together. We're speculating Bo is my hill, aren't we, Blakey? Uh-huh. Because uh-huh. he's Welsh. Uh-huh. He can't be Wayne Hennessy, can it? Because uh-huh. he's some. Paddy Kenny? It's Neil's favourite. It is, yeah. <laughs> put a Welsh flag on him. <laughs> um, but we don't know. We're speculating there at the moment. But I, unfortunately, much as I'd love to see it, I don't think it'll be David Marshall. When I've watched recent Cardiff games and I've seen shots lined up from free kicks and so on, it suddenly dawned on me, oh, heck, this could well go in, this could mm. well go in. Whereas with Marshall, I never thought they would Well, if you're in. thinking that, right, imagine what you think as a player. Mm. Yeah, because as a player, you know, oh, you got done on that. You got done on your near post, which has happened this season. You've been done by a shot from 25 yards, which yeah. never got through you, you know. So, as a player, as a back three, four, you're not confident. As soon as the manager chucks in, right, if the manager chucks in Schmeichel, everyone goes, sorted, let's go. Do you know what I mean? If he chucks in an unknown, everyone's like, mm, well, let's see how this works out. And mm. all of a sudden, keeper drops his first catch and all the fans around, Ooh, it just causes unrest. So if the general public are thinking, oh, you know, not sure, you know, and a bit, you know, indecisive, then you can imagine what you're thinking if you're a player. Hmm. How, how do we, as a side note, how do you explain 
the David Marshall situation. I know we haven't watched him week in, week out, but what Blakey's just described there in terms of how fans and maybe players look at him, that, that's how the whole, the people in Hull look at David Marshall. What, what, why is it just not worked out there? I don't know. Um, I don't know because, you know, clearly there's an element of, if you look at the bigger picture as opposed to the Wales picture, people say, well, you overrated it, you overrated David Marshall mm. in Cardiff, and there, there clearly may be a degree of that. But I come back to that Premier League season. Um, he was the outstanding goalkeeper in the Premier League that season. I know you say, well, he had a lot to do, right? But he was, I remember Jamie Carragher saying that on, on Sky that um, he's not a big fan of goalkeepers because they're there to make those saves. But he, he named Marshall in his team of the year because he said Marshall made saves that were out of the ordinary. Mm. And he's done that in the Championship for Cardiff many times mm-hmm. as well. I have sat behind the goal and seen these saves close up many mm-hmm. times. Um, it's, it's, I don't know. And yet, so he went to, he was linked with Everton, with Liverpool, with Arsenal. Was he of that stature? Probably not. Although I don't think he's worse than Everton's goalkeeper, I must say. Mm-hmm. Um, it just So he went to Hull. I questioned the move at the time because they are doomed to come straight back down in my view. Um it was all a bit rushed, wasn't it? Very rushed. Mm. I know that he was really, really settled mm. in um, in Cardiff. Mm. His kids went to a local school. Um, I don't know. It's may, maybe I don't know. Have you got an explanation, maybe? Well, is he not as good as we thought we were? Did no, he is. He, he is. Uh, you know, he's Scottish international, and he, you know, you don't you don't have that sort of consistency over three, four, five years unless you are a good goalkeeper. Mm. It's not like, you know, it's more of a surprise when he didn't play well. Or I remember the start of last season when he, he cost them a few few points in games and I said, like, listen, trust me, he'll save you another 10 by the end. Yeah. Mm. And he went on. I remember the Bristol City game when he made a point-blank uh, save from a point-blank header, which the, the guys should have, they should have won the game and he just kept Cardiff in the game. So he is a quality goalkeeper. But at the same time, if you listen to what Paul's saying there, if he's settled, kids in school, blah blah blah, blah and then the club, which cannot often happen, so I don't think fans understand quite as much, the club say, we're getting rid of you for this reason. We need this money, or the owner says he wants, he'll take £2 million back, or whatever he wants, so you're the only asset, so he wants some money back. Simple as that, you're gone. So I think it was more of a case, because everyone was all scratching their heads. I don't think it was a case where... I'd be surprised if it was a case where he went to the club and said, I want out. To go to Hull, particularly, yeah. To go to Hull. Yeah. Yeah? Because the season before, Everton was being spoken <laughs> of quite strongly. So I would be surprised if that happened. So that move never really made sense to me. Hmm. And when you're not happy, you're human. When you're not happy, you don't do your job as well as you should do. It's as simple as that. And I don't think he's entirely happy or has been entirely happy or settled at Hull since he got there. Now, it might not be such a big surprise that you return back to where you know, right, my kids will go back to the school, my wife is happy in that area, and I'm happy at that club. So I can just concentrate solely on football. So don't be surprised if Marshall don't come back. Don't be surprised. Hmm. Okay, other transfer news, not that much really, but the the Johnny Hayes saga rumbles on Paul's suggestions today that maybe they might now offer... Matty Kennedy to sort of add to the the bid that was turned down. Uh, have you mustered any enthusiasm for Johnny Hayes yet since last week? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, still not. No. Why do they need Johnny Hayes, Blakey? Uh, it's like it's like Blake and I were talking before the show, and, and you know, it's like 
Paul Trollope brought Jazz Richards in at the start of the season. Why did Cardiff need Jazz Richards? Paul Trollope brought Emmy Hughes in at the start of the season. Why did they need Emmy Hughes? They've got these positions. They've got Hoylett and Harris. Do they? And they've got Craig Noon and they've got Pilkington. They can all fill the wing positions. Do they really need Johnny Hayes? Uh, Am I being very unfair on it? I would, I would. I would say. I would say. Listen. I've not. I can say I've seen Johnny Hayes apart from YouTube. Mm. Right. And that's only recently, and he, he, he's pacey, but I wouldn't say he's electric. Mm. Yeah, and I'm talking if, and this is me. I would be looking for electric. That's what I'd be looking for. The boy, um, uh, new look or look something, and we just went to Everton from Charlton. New look, 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 new or new look or something like that. Anyway, scored yesterday. Scored against uh, Man City. Come on, seven, and scored on um, Sunday. Those are the type of players like I expect Cardiff either to be developing from within or to be able to go out to the lower clubs and pick up. You know, raw. It, there's so many of them. Raw pace, and then you coach them into what you want, and give them maybe six months. And you've got a real, you know, a rough time. You go and get the rough time and you polish it up into what you need. But, um, look, I can't say I've seen enough of this lad to be able to say I think he's a good addition or a bad addition. Mm. But, you know, what I would say is what we need is that pace, that blistering, that frightening pace. And uh, so if he doesn't have that in abundance, then... Yeah, we're, we're okay for mm. players who can do the same sort of thing. Yeah, but you touched on Matty Kennedy there. That's a, that. That's mm. you know, I, I kind of feel for him. Yeah. You know, I kind of feel for him because he's just gone into the wilderness. No one's seen him. Well, this is exactly the sort of player you were just talking about there about a young player brought in. Well, that's exactly what he was. Mm. I remember. Signs, didn't he? I remember watching him play. He was brought to Slade's team and he offered a real positivity and vibrancy to the side and mm. he was prepared. For the first time in a Russell Slade side, really we right had a Cardiff so. player prepared to run at opposition, mm. play one-twos in and mm. around the opposition penalty box and I thought, hmm, this, you know... He's quite dynamic, wasn't he? Yeah, and well, maybe almost he, as quickly as he came in, he's disappeared. Yeah, well, it, it, I don't know, because he's quite pacey as well. Now, he's someone who maybe could adapt into a centrally midfield role. Because you need those quick thinking, quick paced, mm. bum 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 players who can get away from people over five and ten yards. But again, you know, if we see them in training, you might see them in central midfield and go, no way. Yeah. But you know, it's, uh, I kind of I always feel for those kind of players who are brought in by one manager and then you know just totally left to you know to die really in 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 the twenty ones no chance of first team opportunities for no well as far as we know no real reason no particular reason mm. okay well, one other bit of the news that was, was quite interesting I thought came out of the press conference on Friday was Bruno Manga Neil Warnock almost a bit of a U-turn really suggesting he's had a bit of a change of heart if it can be done I don't know whether the finances or whether Manga would be interested then you know you might even offer him a new contract being impressed with uh, what I he's think seen he's it. a couple of weeks ago we were saying that's just not going to happen yeah I, well we were saying he's stupid to let him go because hmm. he is a quality player I think he's looking at next season 
I think he's looking at the back three and I think Bruno Manga, if you're playing a back three in the championship especially and he's playing well along with Sol Bamba and another, that could be Morrison, that could be Connolly, that could be Peltier or someone completely new. So I think Bennett would make a good wing back yeah. but you've got to work on it. Mm. And then if Peltier is in under three then you go and find another wing back yeah. or you use someone like... Um, Harris and you teach him that position you know so it, it, it gives you options but I think he's looking at next year I listen I think Bruno Manga's probably one player who if he had to step up the Premier League tomorrow could do it comfortably mm. the wage is not not an issue because wouldn't he have to take a, a pay cut Paul isn't that been the issue all along he's the highest paid player at the club and well, they can't that, that's what the suggestion is and he obviously is a player who they could sell so they can get money for him so those are the those would be factors from we talked about the David Marshall situation. Those could be factored into the uh, to the Manga situation as well. Cardiff have got four really good centre backs at the moment. They've got Morrison, Connolly, Manga, and Bamba. And I think Manga is the best of the four. Mm. Um, but is he also the most expendable of the four in inverted commas because he's the one who could net a decent sum of money, <coughs> get his wages off the book, that sort of thing. Mm. Um, the way you make the most of those centre backs is you do play the three at the back. That's a you know, I won't say it's uncharted territory in the championship, but it's a new way to go. Mm-hmm. Put it that way, mm-hmm. um, it's certainly big, different as opposed mm-hmm. to the. But I think if you've got three big dominating centre halves, Sol's pretty dynamic. He can run. He's physical. Got prowess. He's great tackler, late tackles as well, last ditch, very good. I think Morrison is probably the weakest link because of his lack of pace, yeah, and his lack of he does he's not as commanding aerial in his own box as he is in the opposition's box. We've said that before, but I think you're half with three quarters way there. Imagine, you know, Cardiff, you could, they they they've got to be they shoot themselves in the foot constantly. So I think to myself, under Neil Warnock now, imagine you had Marshall, Manga. Connolly and Bamba. You saw there's right, there's your keeper and your back three sorted. Right? You've got Pacey, two Pacey wingers who you can utilise if you want in Hoylet and Harris, right? Okay. Sorted there. You just need to find something in the heart of that midfield that links it all together. Now Gunnison's your dog, right? So you need the they, they the thing was, they had so many players that they were never far away from being able to put together a great team. But it was almost like Kitty in a sweet shop. Russell Russell Slade wasn't didn't have the eye to be able to put that together, in my opinion. Hence, why you're a league one manager and you never really got higher, except for Cardiff and Paul Troller. Yeah, in my opinion, you're a number two. You've not got that vision to be able to see and put that together because. You were desperate for pace and you ignored the only pacey player you had in your squad. So I didn't see that. But Cardiff have, uh, have never been too far away from it. And you never have if you've got 50 odd players on your books. <laughs> you know, you basically should have everything covered just about. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, where, it's when you start to split that apart and break it up. You've got to have a plan in place, but they don't. They just, they, they, this is what they've done. They've just basically got rid of him and brought him in and. Paul Trollop says, yeah, I like him, 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 work with him with Wales, yeah, bring them in. And then, you know, it, it, was, it was just, there's, there's no pattern, there's no flow, there's no, 
there's no, I don't know, continuity yeah. in what they do or what they've done. But hopefully that'll change. Yeah, indeed. Okay, let's finish up uh, by talking about the Burton game on the weekend then, the, the old uh, glamour fixture <laughs> against Burton Albion. Uh, and this would be three wins on the trot, which is hasn't happened since... Did I say three won the win, actually? My prediction. I can't remember. Um, yeah, three, what were it, three wins on the trot since the... Start of last season, I think I'm right to so. say. Mm. Um, it's playoff form, isn't it? Long, playoff. Long time Only 12 points off the playoffs. This is exactly <laughs> the sort of banana skin that Cardiff. It won't happen, Paul. Trust us. How many times have Cardiff fans seen this? You know, they put off these great results, they play a side that they should steamroller at home, play awfully, go a goal behind, then lose a second in the last 10 minutes or so. I'd like to think, like Blakey, that under Warnock that's not going to happen. There's going to be more of a consistency to them. They should steamroller Burton. They mm. really should. But again, that doesn't happen at championship level, does it? No. Well, I think it what I, I and think there's still a lack of goals in the team, yeah, despite the three that they scored. Yeah. I don't have faith that they can create goals at the moment. I think what they need to improve on, a massive area they could improve on, Cardiff, is in and around the box, final third. What they don't have is enough or what they're not doing they have it as players but what they're not doing is using their imagination and creativity they're kind of just thinking I'll get it in the box or I'll pass it back and he'll put it in the box rather than thinking there was a couple of times if you watch the game on on Saturday Saturday, there was a couple of times where especially late on when Cardiff were having all the pressure the ball was on the left hand side with Hoyland and I'm thinking to myself okay as a striker now I'm reading which way that ball's going and as soon as it starts to travel up the Hoylet, I'm coming from the right side of the box and I'm just drifting into the middle and as soon as Hoylet gets a touch, I'm showing in the box, in the feet, defender can't touch me. The goal came, basically, from Hoylet putting an early cross in, right, with his right foot, goes over Zahor's head, who's basically middle of the goal and luckily Harris is exactly where he should be in between penalty spot and six yard uh, box gets the header four or five yards out yeah but I'm saying right there's no midfield runner in there's no one to play in the feet so there's, that is the only option he had that tells me right there's, there's not enough creativity fellas you're not thinking creatively this isn't about the manager saying right do this and do that Listen, I'm on the pitch and I've got the ball at my feet. I'll do what I want to do with it. Yeah? So, and what I need is options and other people moving. But at the moment, they seem to be, right, sorting it out one level at a time. So the defence, which is always going to struggle unless you've got your keeper there. Your midfield, which you're always going to struggle with more because you've not got enough legs in there. And up front, well, you've not got an out-and-out 20-goal-a-season man. So the, the, as you can see, the problems, they're trying to do bit by bit. But even those are playing, Zohar, to me, perfect for the what Hoylet was wanting, I thought. Go and get the ball in the feet. Mm. Can't foul you. And because there's no midfield runners going, that means they're all goal side of you. So Rawls, Whittingham, Gunnison, run. Just make runs off him. I'm sure he just lay the ball off to you and you will get strikes you will get opportunities or you'll be able to just go and slip someone else in but they really need to improve their imagination in and around the final third especially around the box because at the moment I think the reason why we only score or seem to score 
from set pieces, not from open play, is because everyone's thinking, right, set piece, I'm going to get on the end of it, rather than thinking, right, what can I do? Kadeem Harris, sorry, last point. Kadeem Harris, I would say to him, stop thinking defensively so much. I know it's what they want from you to get into the team, is make sure defensively that you can do the job. But start thinking, right, that's the other part of my job. My first point of call is to get past my defender, get crosses in and get goals. The second part of my job is to make sure I help out Peltier and don't leave him exposed. So change your way of thinking from defensive, offensive, change it to offensive, defensive, because I think that's what's holding him back a bit at the moment. Mm. But again, it's about getting the players in. Absolutely. Come on, predictions to finish. Well, I did say 3-1, didn't I? Or 3-2? Did I say 3-2? I can't, I can't, you can't remember. know, you just don't want to give me the credit for it. <laughs> you wrote it down, I know you did. I'm going to go for a real... I'm going to go for uh, a 4-1. I think we're really... <laughs> Paul's like, what? <laughs> I think I'm going to go forward. Okay. I'm going to say it should be 3 or 4-1. But I wouldn't be the slightest bit surprised to see a nil-nil. So is that a nil-nil? Is that what you've gone for? Yeah, you do. What I did last week, sitting on the fence. No, I thought we'd win. I thought Cardiff would win last week. It? No, nil-nil. I'm going to say nil-nil. Four-one and nil-nil. Four-one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, quite a difference. We'll see who's right uh, next week. Okay, thanks, chaps. We will leave it there. Thank you for joining us as always, and we'll see you again next time. Take care.